0: Well, I'm very happy uh, to pick up on a theme uh, of uh, where we left off last week with Pastor Mark uh, talking about grace and uh, grace in our families and and how it expresses itself. And I I was so blessed. I I wanted him to give me the introduction uh, to his message, and 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 he he said I just wrote that out. You can if you want check out. Uh, Uh, Tullian to Vigian and see what he has to say about it. So I did. And my heart rejoiced all the more to uh, connect up uh, with grace as it comes to us individually, as it comes to us in families, and as it comes to us as a church. He says, grace is love that seeks you when you have nothing to give in return Grace doesn't make demands, it just gives. And from our vantage point, it always gives to the wrong person. Jesus was always giving to prostitutes, tax collectors, and half-breeds. Grace is divine vulgarity that stands caution on its head. Extravagant sinners get it. Grace is recklessly generous, uncomfortably promiscuous. If you are a recipient of grace, you know that that is what's true. That, that that's who we were. That's who we are by nature. We are promiscuous. We are reckless Sinners, we have nothing to give but our sinfulness. And yet all the while, grace pursues us. It gives us something that we cannot get ourselves. Grace is unconditional acceptance given to an undeserving person by an unobligated giver. That's what we have. And we have so much to celebrate as a church. It moves me because for a while I've been looking in the wrong direction. I've been considering what we've lost and what I would have liked to have been. But God rules. God blesses. And he's been so gracious to Heritage Baptist Church. Our children are well cared for. Nobody is worried about what's going on in the child care facilities. It's well organized. Chris and Renee are doing a fantastic job with all of these volunteers. The chairs that you are sitting in, there is a chair crew that takes care of that, that sets them up and takes them down. The deacons. The deacons now have... A chairman who is going to shepherd them, who is going to set the agenda, who's going to guide the meetings, because Dwayne Baldwin is not going to be able to do that any longer. His name is Tim Hoke. We have a new position purely by volunteer. We have a DOO, a DO. We have a a director of, of, of operations. His name is Patrick Rowe, and he is going to see to it. I wonder why this thing is right here. This is kind of an obstruction, isn't it? Let's let's just put it over here so I can walk around a little bit. He's going to see to it graciously that the deacons realize their full potential and that they take care of the projects that they have been assigned and and that they want to do. And if they need any further help, he's going to marshal those forces in order to do that. And both of these men are are going to communicate with your pastors so we can track with them as well. These are wonderful, wonderful things. We may not have all the music that we'd like to have, but we've got got it, and we love it, and we're grateful for what we have, and God is going to add to us. We 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 have so much to be thankful for. There are other things, things come to my mind, like Wednesday nights, we are discipling our children and there's a good turnout for that. And, and we have plenty of volunteers and God is working in that. And now we have a united prayer meeting. And something monumental happened in our church earlier this year. This great omission that was ruling over us that we didn't do intentionally. We found out. Wow, I feel like an idiot. We found out. That our sisters in Christ who are co-heirs of grace with us a- as men should be praying with us should, should have that liberty that freedom and should have that encouragement to do so we changed our constitution the vote was 114 to 3 an overwhelming majority this is a blessed and, and, and wonderful place to be we have never had so many baptisms. Think about that. This year we are going to have more baptisms. Why we are smaller? Why we are reduced? Why we have we are economically stretched? God is saving sinners here. God is showing us grace that we do not deserve. Kelsey G. is going to be baptized next week. Liam J. is going to be baptized. Elena M. is going to be baptized. And Will S. is going to be baptized next week. And then on top of all of these things, never, never in the history of our church, with us even trying to do anything, to engineer anything, God is sending out... One, two, three, four missionary couples from our church that has never happened in the past 40 years. I thank God for that. My heart rejoices to see that. You saw this couple... Who was in the Horn of Africa, who planned to do that? He's a geologist and she's a school teacher. He's gonna dig wells there and they're gonna share the gospel there. You know what the Baldwins are doing? They're abandoning everything they've ever had here. 49 years old, a pharmaceutical salesman, doing very, very well, giving it all up, he and his wife, for Serbia. This is fantastic. This is the grace of God. How can you explain anything like that? And the Imadis are going to Ireland. This guy's got two master's degrees. He's been in the military. He could get a job doing anything. He could just stay right here and keep those grandkids here. They're going to Ireland. They're going to give themselves away for a place that scarcely has a church in the city. And then we've got another little couple who this young man's going to change her last name before they go. Nikki's last name's going to be Castle. And they're going to South Africa to be involved in a pastoral training team that's going to affect the continent of Africa. These are great blessings that have come to us that we have not sought after that we've not even tried to get they've been bestowed upon us. We are we are the sending church for these four brand new missionary couples and and so the burden of of my heart today is to have our congregation realize That grace is not just a disposition that God has. It's fantastic that he has that. But grace can also be viewed as a commodity, as a thing that you have. Grace is given to you. There is enablement. There is capacity. There is ability that you have. And it comes right out of this passage John writes to this individual whose, whose, whose name is Gaius, and he says, I love him. I love him. In the truth, verse 2 speaks about the prayer that he offers for him, because he wants him to prosper in every way, in in health and in business, so that the kingdom of God through this beloved brother will also prosper. In verse 3, he says he greatly rejoiced to hear about what was going on, where this brother came from. The report that he was receiving. And he could be no happier. He could rejoice no more just to know that his children... Those that he had led to Christ, his disciples were continuing to walk in the truth. That's the greatest joy of any pastor. It's a joy to look out there and see the vast majority of you are walking in the truth. And those that are not, you can. You can. You can receive Christ. You can turn from your sins. You can call upon the name of the Lord. You can stop resisting. Stop leading your own life and flee to Christ. You can do that. You, there's a there's 200 witnesses here who will tell you that, that, that that's the best thing to do. The one thing that you're leaving out, you're not a worshiper of God. You're not bowing down to God. You're not praising God. You're not thanking God. You're living your own life apart from God. The best thing that you can be or do is to become a worshiper of Jehovah, of Yahweh, of, uh, of the Trinity, of God himself. And it'll bring more joy to your heart than you can imagine. We are miserable without God. We are headed for misery if we are not rightly connected to him. But connected to him, there are pleasures in his hand forevermore. That's our testimony. So, John says that um, what I want you to do in verse 6, he says, You will do well to send them, these strangers, these These missionary people that come from a place that you are not familiar with and you do not know them well, but you know they came to me and they brought this report to me. You will do well to send them on their journey, verse 6, in a manner worthy of God. You will do well to send them is an idiomatic expression both the critical commentators say that it actually means this. Please, please send them on their journey in a manner worthy of of God. Why? Verse 7 says, For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, nothing from the pagans. They need your support. They need your help because they're going out in order to add to the worship of God. They want to make disciples. They want to make mature and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what our four missionary families want to do, and that's what we want to do as a church. Verse 8 says, Therefore we ought to support people like these. Why? What What will we be if we support missionaries like these? If, if we support those who are called by God, equipped by God, zealous for God, to share the word of God, to make and to mature and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ, what will we be? Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers with the truth. That's our calling. That's our capacity. That's the grace that has been given to us. We have this commodity. We have it, as it were, in the bank. In the bank of all of our abilities and capacities and desires, we can support missions. We can do something about it. I've just got um, four gracious support mechanisms that will enable us uh, to be co-workers or, or fellow laborers with our missionaries and really, for that matter, any other missionary. Number one is prayer. You can pray. We can pray. And, it, and, and I'll say that it is the most underused weapon that we have And yet, at the same time, it is the most powerful. It moves omnipotence. It moves God. It moves his hand. It moves his heart. This is his ordained way of getting things done. Can anyone ask too much of God? Psalm 81.10 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up. From the land of Egypt. I am your God. I am the God of the plagues. I am the God of the parting of, of, of the Red Sea. I am the God of, of your provision in the desert. I am the God of, of all of your victories in the promised land. I've done enough for you. you don't ask me anything else. I've done huge things for you. I've worked miracles. I've set you on the map of human history, of human civilization. I am the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide. Open it wide. I will fill it. That's that gracious God. John Piper says um, this fam- a familiar quote to you. Prayer is, prim- is a, a, a primarily a wartime walkie-talkie. You know what a walkie-talkie is. At least those that are older do. it. It's... It could be a wartime cell phone nowadays, I I guess, but when there was war, they had these great big boxes. It is for the mission of the church as it advances against the powers of darkness and unbelief. It is not surprising that prayer malfunctions when we try to make it a a domestic intercom to call upstairs for more comforts in the den. Until you know that life is a war, John Piper says, you cannot know what prayer is for. Prayer is for the accomplishment of a wartime mission. More than anything else, I'll tell you this. Speaking on, on behalf of every missionary that I've ever known or ever heard about, more than anything else, they want this. They want you to say, I'm praying for you. They go. Oh, people are praying for us, honey. That's what that's what we need most of all and he said she says we're praying for you. They know that solid lasting missionary work is done on our knees. <laughs> That's what James O. Frazier says. He was a Protestant missionary to inland China. Prayer needs no passport, no visa, no work permit. There is no such thing as a closed country as far as prayer is concerned. Much of the history of mission could be written in terms of God moving in response to persistent prayer. What does Paul the Apostle say? First Thessalonians 5.25 Brothers, brothers and sisters pray for us. I, I want to say what? You are the Apostle Paul. You are the Apostle of Acts 19 where handkerchiefs were carried from you and laid upon the sick and they were healed. You are the writer of, of the epistles, the, the dominant writer. You are the one who had a radical conversion. You have heard the voice of Jesus audibly. You are the apostle Paul. And what do you want? What did you say? Brothers... Pray for us. That's how important prayer is. No matter how gifted a person could be, even an apostle wants our prayers, and that is something that you can do. He says in Second Thessalonians three one and two. He says, "Finally, brothers. Finally, the last thing I want you. The last thing I want to tell you is this: Pray for us." that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as it happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. He was dependent upon God for these things. The same grace that had come to his hearers, he wanted that grace to come and and he knew that, that they needed to go to God for that. Uh, Colossians four two through 4 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with it in thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us. Paul says this, that God may open a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am a prisoner. He's in jail, and he says, pray for us that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Well, this is one way, dear people, that we can be co-workers, we, we can be co-laborers. All we ask, all, all the missionary really wants at the very top of his or her list is that you pray for them. And you can do that. You may know that there is a missionary prayer group within the church There are about 40 names on that list. If you would like to join us, if you would like to join us and be co-workers with us for them, just click reply to any HBC News item and say, PK, put me on that list. And you'll be on that list. I'm not asking you to do anything else but pray, but lay hold of God for missions. Lay hold of what they ask for. Come to the prayer meeting. Come Wednesday night. Come to the 8.30 prayer meeting. Come to the noon prayer meeting that takes place once a month with our ladies. We're all we're praying for missions. You're welcome to come. We don't expect everybody to be able to come. But if you can come, you'll be blessed if you do come. And you'll be a co-worker. If anybody does not have Facebook... And you don't want it, you you don't have to have it. But if you'd like to hear from the missionaries that are being sent out by our church that use Facebook because it's safe and they can track with their own account, wherever they are, send me an email and say, I want the Facebook postings from our missionaries. And I'll create a small list of you and I'll send them to you. Because prayer is so important. It's it's so what they want to have. You know what a missionary fears most? In the top five things they fear. This will break your heart. (laughs) It breaks mine. (laughs) They are afraid or they fear or they are tempted to think that they will be forgotten. that we will forget about who we have sent out and will not pray for them. We must never perish the thought that we should forget our missionaries to the Horn, to Ireland, to Serbia, to, to South Africa, or any other missionaries that we know of May we never forget them. Let's be a co-laborer. Number two, we can correspond with them. We can write them. We can write just little things to them. You'll, you'll have to check with Justin Klein as to how to write these missionaries in the horn. But the other ones, you can write them. Uh, Proverbs 25, 25, says just simply this. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a faraway country. If you get an email, if you get a text, if you get something from Viber, if you get a chat, if you get anything, when you're in an oven in some other tropical country or nation, and and all they say to you is, just two words with an exclamation point. Good report. You can't believe what that does to you. You can't believe what a blessing that is. If they, if, if they say something, tell me how to pray. You, you've got to believe it. It is like cold water to a thirsty soul. Is the good news if you tell them something that's good that's happening in your church in your life? It blesses them. They love it. I've gotten a, I've gotten a real short one that they said, um, "Keep them coming," with reference to the report. Keep them coming. I, yeah, I, I don't want to fall apart. To think that somebody really cares about what's going on in in Haiti. I know you care. I know you do. But to hear of it, to hear, what's up, PK? Ah, tremendous, tremendous blessing. You know that when... When you get something back from somebody on HBC News, when when you've asked for prayer, if you've ever had this experience, I'm sure you have. Someone clicks on your address and they say, I'm praying for you. You go, "Ah, praise God. Thank you. Thank you for her. Thank you for him. I need prayer for this. And three or four people or just one person says, thank you for sharing that. I will certainly pray. Well, what a co-worker does, what a co-laborer does is that you you have this reservoir within you. You have this savings account. You have it where you can bless, you can encourage, you can animate, you can heal. You can do all kinds of things with a single sentence that you write to a missionary. Don't let them ever be afraid that they will be forgotten. Number three, you can be a co-worker. You can be a co-laborer with the resources that God has given you. with By investing in them, by supporting them. Psalm 112.9 says, He... Psalm 112 and verse 9 says, He which is the righteous man has distributed freely, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever, his horn is exalted in honor. Proverbs 3 9 and 10 say, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting, will overflow with wine. Proverbs 11.24 says, One gives freely and yet increases all the more. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Proverbs 11.25, Whoever brings the blessing will be enriched. And the one who waters will he himself be watered. The promises of God. Proverbs 14.21 Whoever despises his neighbor is a sin, but blessed is he who is generous to to the poor. Proverbs 19.17, the shining star verse. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his deed. Proverbs 28.27, whoever gives to the poor will not want Proverbs 31, 20, she opens her hands, this godly woman, this godly wife. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Ecclesiastes 11, 1. Cast your bread upon the waters. God help us. For you will find it after many days. Jeremy Bennett put this under Mash Sunday. Splendid promise. You can. Hang your whole soul on these words regarding liberality and generosity. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I'll just leave it there. You can trust God. You can trust these words that you will do well. You will do better. You, you will do just fine with your generosity and, and with your kindness. And, and if you've got no other avenue, if you've got no other place to give, just give to MASH. Just give 10 bucks to MASH a month. If 100 families would give $10 a month, we'd have $1,000 a month. And what we could do. You know what we're doing with MASH. I keep telling you about the books and the airline tickets and sending John DeVito... To witness to the Mormons and the audio equipment and all the stuff that that we can do for, for, for those who just need a little help. We can do that. Number four. This is really a hard one. It's called visiting. We've got prayer, we've got correspondence, we've got giving, we've got visiting. Let me just read you this text from 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 5. For even when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming... By the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you, as he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced all the more. Here's a downcast apostle of Jesus Christ. And all he says is that Titus came. It's not what he brought. It's not what he preached. It's not what he taught. It's not anything else he did. But he came. He came. You can't know what a blessing it is for someone from your church to go where your missionary is. And I know it's not easy to do that. I know we'll have to save. My fellow pastor Jonathan uh, suggested to me just by way of reminder, you ought to tell the people to take a vacation to plan their family vacation in Serbia in the Horn of Africa in Ireland, in South Africa. Save your money, go see them go bless them that's It is tremendous it is a tremendous blessing, Paul says. That that just hearing about what was going on at home by having the coming of Titus. I know that's a tall order, but I want you to think about it. I want you to plan on it. I want you to do it someday. Take your family with you, save your money, and show your kids what what missionaries are doing. Uh, Third John, verse three, which we read: "For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came." That's what Tim read to us and testified of your truth, as is as is indeed you are walking in in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear to hear with them standing in front of me what's going on there that you are walking that the children are walking in, in the truth the last verse of that chapter says this I had much to write to you John says this but I would rather not write it with pen and ink I hope to see you soon we will talk face to face that's how important it is. If you can do this, if you can do it someday, if you can write it down, I'm going to do this one time in my life. I'm going to go visit. I'm going to go visit a missionary. I'm, I'm just going to do it one time, but I'm, I'm, I'm planning on it. Well, praise God for the grace that's upon Heritage Baptist Church. Praise God that we can be fellow laborers, that we can be co-workers with these that are being sent out. That we can pray and we can write them and we can support them and we can visit them. We can do all of these new things That God is making Heritage Baptist Church to be. Let's revel in this. Let's be glad for this. Let's plan on this. Let's purpose on this. Let's do more than we have ever done for missions because it is the very heartbeat of God from Genesis to Revelation. That's what it's all about. That's what every story is about in the Bible. It's God on mission. It's his sending his son to save sinners. He wants all the nations of the world to know him. There will be a multitude which no man can number, and it will come through missions. And we can be co-workers, co-laborers with those that we know, that those that have been sent out. Let's do that. God, help us to do that. Heavenly Father, we pray. We pray that we'll get more and more on mission with you. That will start with 5th Street in our own community. We can visit Justin and Rebecca. We can bring them a gift. We can can encourage them. But may we be men and women and boys and girls of prayer, of intense prayer that, that climbs the mountain and seeks a blessing from you and will not be denied. Oh, help us. Help us, dear God. Help us uh, to write and help us to visit. Help us. We want to do these things for your glory. We we pray it in in Jesus' name. Let me read you a quote that I almost forgot to read. You won't believe that it, that it, it comes from Charles Spurgeon. I've never read anything like this before. It was on Facebook. Let me read this to you. You'll be encouraged. Let me get it back. I lost it. Here we go. Here's what he says. In encouragement to prayer, and then we'll have Michael Imani come up and address us. When God has heard a prayer for one thing, faith comes and asks for two things. And when God has given those two things, faith asks for six Faith can scale the walls of heaven. She is a giant grace. She takes mountains by their roots and puts them on on other mountains and so climbs to the throne in confidence with large petitions, knowing that she will not be refused. Most of us are too slow to go to God. If we have been heard once, we go away Instead of coming again and again, and each time with a larger prayer, make your petitions longer and longer. Ask for ten. If God gives them, ask for a thousand. And keep on going to ask as great a favor as Moses did. I beseech you, show me your glory. Amen. Please come.
1: God bless you. Well, uh... Verse 8 of 3 John that we just read says, Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. <clears throat> if, if you're wondering now, well, what can you do after, after PK has just uh, mentioned all that, Heritage is starting a new ministry. It's called the Periclesis Ministry. Periclesis is a Greek word for encouragement or comfort. And what this group or this ministry is going to be about is it is going to be an intentional group Um, that comes together to provide physical, spiritual, emotional support to those members of our body that we send out. And so uh, you've maybe seen the email that I've sent out. We're trying to get a care package for the couple that we saw uh, in the video. I've got um, a basket down there. Some people have showed interest that if you brought something, you can put it in there. But if you would like to provide something for them, let let me know or let Ashley know. And we'd love to, to have you a part of this group. Um, there is a, a sign-up sheet as you go towards the little, the little book nook over there. And if you want to be a part of this ministry where we are going to be intentionally, uh, intentionally focused on, on providing this support to uh, our missionaries, just put your name and email. Uh, there's a, a free book online that you can read called Serving As Senders that you can read at your own own leisure as you have time. And what we'd like to do is meet every once in a while, particularly pray for them, and then send them an email saying, we just prayed for you. Also have time where we get together and just we'll write letters for them. We'll handwrite letters and send it to them. We'll talk about uh, other things that we can send to the missionaries. And, and we'll be intentional also about trying to figure out, okay, how can, how can we, as Pastor King said, go visit? So really, it's, it's, a, it's a ministry designed to do exactly what PK said, to, to pray, to communicate, to give, and to visit. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we want to be focused on. We want Heritage to be a church that's known as, they don't just send and forget. We want to be those who send, and we are all behind them, because nothing is going to happen in Ireland or Serbia or South Africa or the Horn if, if our church doesn't pray. They could labor, but if we pray, if we do things to support our ministries, the, those missionaries, God will, will will do a great work in there. So if you're interested, um, please sign up back there, see uh, myself or see Ashley, and, and we'd love to have you a part of this. I'm hoping next uh, month to maybe do FaceTime or, or Skype with, with the, the guys we just saw. So we'd love to have you there and, and um, just to be a part of this ministry where we, we are intentional about supporting those that we send out. So thank you.
0: Please stand with us and sing.